Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. In this birth story, you're going to hear how having a doula and childbirth education made for an incredibly empowering birth experience despite having severe hyperemesis. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. 
Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 234. Whether you're a new listener or a returning listener, you know I'm so glad you're spending some time with me today. In today's episode, we have Mary Rose. She's a new mom to baby girl Hattie, and she resides in small town Iowa on an acreage with her husband, daughter, three dogs, and two cats. She's an attorney by trade, and she's learning to navigate work-life balance. Aren't we all? Well, Mary Rose was extremely sick with hyperemesis gravidarum. That is extreme nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. And she really couldn't keep anything down for about 22 weeks. So you're going to hear about that experience as well as how she ultimately went on to have a great birth experience. She wanted an unmedicated birth and she prepared for that through my online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course, as well as her doula's education. It was actually her husband's idea to get a doula after he went through the module in the birth preparation course with Mary Rose, and they consider that the best decision that they made. Their baby girl was born on her due date, which is also their anniversary, and she had a very fast birth. Her contractions started at 10 a.m. to get regular. She got to the hospital by 11. Her water broke and the baby was born 20 minutes later. So you are going to hear all about that in this episode. Now, before we hop into the episode, I mentioned how Mary Rose and her husband got prepared through the birth preparation course, and you can do the same. It is my online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth in the hospital. You can check out all the details of the birth preparation course and join and get prepared yourself at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into this birth story with Mary Rose. Thank you so much, Mary Rose, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I am really excited to have you share your story today. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, so why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, so I am an attorney in Iowa. Uh, I am married to my husband that is an engineer, and we live in very small town Iowa. Our town's about 1,500 people. Oh, wow. Yes, it's very small. We love it, though. We love <laughs> oh, the community. Nice. Yes, and we so we have an acreage with uh, three dogs, two cats, and now our baby daughter. Oh, I love it. That's nice. That's nice. So um, in order to understand the birth, we always have to talk about the pregnancy. In your case, we specifically need to talk about you had a terrible time with hyperemesis. Um, so for those of you who don't know, hyperemesis gravidarum is really extreme nausea and vomiting during pregnancy, more than just that regular nausea and vomiting. And so what was that like for you? Yeah, it was very debilitating for me. Mm. And I, even leading up to trying to conceive, I was, you know, reading books, I was listening to podcasts such mm -hmm. as your own. And so I felt like I was trying to do as much to be knowledgeable about what pregnancy could be like. But I felt like everything just kind of hit a little bit on HG. And so right, I really right. was not at all prepared right. uh, for what came at me. And unfortunately, I didn't have a super supportive uh, care team mm. based on my symptoms. Uh, and I've recently listened to your podcast episode with the Her Foundation. Mm -hmm. And I know I will be utilizing that resource uh, the second time around because when you're in it, Mm -hmm. uh, it 
it's so hard to try to advocate for yourself when you're that debilitated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was, you know, just really early for me. I think my first appointment wasn't until 10 weeks, but I was almost like at seven and eight weeks, uh, Uh very nauseous, throwing up a lot. And I think around nine weeks, finally, my husband was like, you need to call like before this 10 week appointment, you're not going to make it. Um, so just over the phone, I was prescribed Zofran. Okay. I wasn't really given much direction on how to take it. If I should follow Mm -hmm. a strict regimen, I'm pretty sure it was prescribed as needed. And when I, I think it was, yeah, 10 weeks was my first appointment, Uh but I wasn't able to eat or keep things down for about two weeks leading up to that appointment. Right. And so it was, I had lost a lot of weight. I, by my count, had lost 20 pounds by week 12. Oh my God. Yeah. It was a lot. It was very bad. (laughs) Oh my God. And so I think once I finally, you know, shared that information with my care team, they took it a little more seriously, but there were even comments made about, you know, well, nobody else is really like needed. Cause I requested, should I be getting another symptom for me for HG was I couldn't keep down any liquid. So mm-hmm. prior to pregnancy, I would drink like 80 ounces at least of water a day. I was very good right. on staying hydrated. So it was so hard for me not to be able to drink anything. I couldn't drink, you know, like vitamin water or like anything. Right. What I found worked for me and what I've uh, heard now uh, looking mm-hmm. back is I could drink fountain pop, like the um, fizz from fountain pop. Uh-huh. Like, give it to me in a can or a bottle. That wouldn't work. I had to go to the gas station every morning, <laughs> get a huge, like, Sprite, and right. that's what I could keep down. Um, okay. So I finally requested around week 12, you know, should I be getting infusions, like, liquid infusions? Like, I don't feel like I'm staying super hydrated. I was having mm-hmm. trouble with my weight. And so they're like, well, we can put it in as needed. Just go whenever you think you might need an infusion. So not super like giving me direction on what I should be doing. I ended up going every other day. The place where I was getting infusions, uh, which is the same hospital I gave birth at, is 45 minutes away from where we live. And so I'd have to drive 45 minutes in. I loved the nurses at my infusion center. They were great. But, you know, by the time I would get there, get the infusion, come back home, that was like a three-hour chunk out of yeah. every, every other day Right. for my, my symptoms were until 22 weeks. I actually did okay. get relief after 22 weeks, which I know not everybody does, but thankfully right. for me, I was able to come back to some normalcy after 22 weeks. Um, right. But it was... It was not fun and uh, Mm. just didn't feel like I had a lot of support from my care team. Sure, sure. I'm sorry that happened to you. And then were you just on the Zofran or did they add any other medicines? You know, I was just on Zofran. At one point, you know, I told them I don't think it's doing anything. Then again, I can't remember now, but I I don't think I was taking it like every four hours or whatever. Like, yeah, I they was, weren't telling you to do it on like a schedule. Right. And nothing. so I told them, like, I don't think it's doing anything. And so there was a different right. medication they prescribed that I tried for like a little bit. Uh-huh. I still felt like it wasn't doing anything. Right. But uh, they did also, too, do Zofran through the IV when I was doing okay. infusions. And that just made me really sleepy. 
and like I still had to work some. Um, luckily, sure. I had a very good employer. Um, I can really work at like whatever time of day I need to. I can work remotely. Okay. So for me, I was like, I don't know how anybody else that doesn't have flexible work schedule could do this. Right, right, right. And how are you feeling mentally through all this? It was a huge mental drain. And I felt really guilty that I wasn't enjoying my pregnancy and that I was almost, mm-hmm. you know, just wanting to rush through it and get it over mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I felt really guilty having those feelings. Sure. I, I was, I was seeing a therapist throughout that, like prior relation, like a relationship with a therapist that I'm sure. so glad that I had somebody to talk to that, you know, right. could work through all those feelings. Cause it was, it was hard to be like, you know, I got pregnant. We were very happy about that. But then just to not enjoy any of that sure. was, was tough. That is a lot. That is a lot. So then did you eventually, so you said it finally stopped at 22 weeks, thankfully. During that time, were you able to gain some of your weight back or did you just maintain it or how did that? I mostly maintained until about 22 weeks. Okay. Um, and then I was able to put more weight back on. Okay. Um, I think by the end of pregnancy, I was maybe five or 10 pounds more than my pre-pregnancy weight. It wasn't a lot. Okay. 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 Wow. Wow. Okay. And then outside of the hyperemesis, did you have any pre any pregnancy issues and what was your prenatal care like? Yeah, I really didn't have anything else too bad other than the normal stuff. I got heartburn uh-huh. towards the end. Sleeping was uncomfortable. Right. But honestly, after hyperemesis, I was like welcoming those symptoms. <laughs> you know, I was like, Just, I can do this. I can yes, have heartburn. This is much easier. Yeah. Puking and constantly. Yes. So really the rest of the pregnancy was pretty smooth sailing for me. I did see a chiropractor that specialized okay. in prenatal care. Uh-huh. Um, and honestly, she was the most like supportive of like trying to help me find other things that might work for my hyperemesis. I mean, you know, that's not right. specifically what she's supposed to you know, be treating, but she was great. And I really enjoyed going to her. Then we just had our care team. We had, it was a a physician and a midwife Uh and a nurse. So really small care team. Uh Um, but yeah, that was my prenatal care. Okay. So, so just, just one physician, one midwife, that's the, that's the whole practice. Correct. Wow. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. And then how did you feel like because they weren't necessarily as supportive as they could have been about the hyperemesis. How did that make you feel about the rest of your care that you were receiving? Did things get better or how did you feel? Yeah, that really started to make me nervous about Mm -hmm. what I might want. I I did your um, course on making a birth plan Mm -hmm. and I kind of, I definitely delayed having that conversation with them because I was really nervous. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be supportive of what I wanted. And so it made me very cautious about sure. certain things, which is very unfortunate when you're pregnant and absolutely <laughs> never been pregnant before. So. Right, 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 right. And you're, you are in rural Iowa. So like how many options did you even have around you? Yeah. So there's, um, two main hospitals about 30 minutes North of us at the, in the okay. biggest city we're we're closest to. Um, uh-huh. and so there are two different health networks that you could pick from. They both had, um, uh, like midwife groups that had OBs uh-huh. that practiced okay. with them as well. Um, but then there's this really small practice 
a doctor that practices with a midwife um, and almost everybody I talked to recommended them. The, the OB is really good. And my primary care who had had four children of her own recommended uh -huh. him. She's like, I've, I've done rotations in the ER. I know who you want as your physician if something would go wrong. Okay. And so I, I also was by everybody that recommended uh, this practice told, you know, yeah. the doctor doesn't have the best bedside manner, <laughs> mm. but he's very good at what he does. And so you kind of like with the trade-offs of what's available to me, you know, I, that's what I chose. Gotcha. Okay. 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 And so then you said you took my birth plan class. What else did you do to prepare for your birth? Yeah. So I read uh, a few books, Expecting Better by Emily Oster. I'm an mm -hmm. economics major. And so oh, so that was right up your alley. <laughs> it was great. I love statistics. And that yes. really like eased me too on like certain things. I was like, well, let me look at the data and like uh -huh. statistically. So that made me feel a lot better when you might worry about certain things. And then, uh, you know, I listened to podcasts and I took your course, uh, okay. which was great. Awesome. 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 And I also understand that you decided to hire a doula. So what made you do that? Yeah. So my husband and I took your course together. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we would just pull it up on the TV, watch it together, uh -huh. pause and talk. And that was so great. Like just sort of leading the conversation so that we could talk about those things where you would like tee it up with, you know, the data and the options and that sort of thing. Right. And so we got to the part in your course where you mentioned doulas. Um, and I, you know, had been listening to podcasts, reading books, and I knew doulas were an option, but I honestly, I didn't think he would be super open to it, which I feel bad. Right. I feel bad now, like <laughs> assuming that. And he, we listened to that episode and he goes, cause I, you went through the data, you know, you have better birth outcomes. You're, uh -huh more satisfied with your birth experience. And so after that episode, he goes, do you know if we have any doulas in our area? Like, should we be looking into that? Right. Like, you were like, what? I was like, well, actually, here's some links I could send you. <laughs> so, You're yeah, ready. <laughs> I was so ready. I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we met with a doula team. It was two ladies that have a business and their doulas. And uh, we met with them, felt like it was a really mm -hmm. good connection. And right. um, they did uh, like two educational meetings before uh -huh. the birth and then just kind of go over what it would be like okay. with them helping. And right. then they had like, we got a schedule. Like if you would go into labor at this day, you would text this doula. So it, we could have had either one. Got it. Got it. It was great. I recommend... If, if you have the resources, not, that's another unfortunate uh -huh. part is we're just lucky sure. enough that we could, we could choose that option. It was sure. so sure. beneficial. Sure. sure. I like that. You know, sometimes I see that doulas struggle with like having to be available all of the time, but that's, it sounds like they got together and created a nice little system where this time you get one, this, the other time you get another. Yeah. That, and that kind of eased me too, because I know mm -hmm. obviously they have other clients and other things as well. Um, so that is my concerns of, you know, being available and yeah. So no, it worked yeah, out great. Absolutely. 
Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual, their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. So what are some things that you wanted for your birth? Yeah, so I just wanted a healthy baby, honestly. Okay. After, you know, uh, really thinking about what I wanted, I my mom said, you know, she had two long labors with me and uh-huh. my sister. And okay. so I was mentally preparing that maybe I would want, um, and she also did it without medication. So okay, I'm a pretty competitive person, which I also get from my mother. <laughs> Um, and so I'm like, Oh, I, I'm going to try to go as long as I can. Right. And so, so I, that's what I wanted. I wanted to try to go as long as I could without Uh pain medication, but I was very open to it. Sure. I was like, if I'm in labor for 24 hours and we're not progressing or whatever, like I am open to an epidural, whatever. Got it. So I, I really did try to have that flexible mindset of, you know, I'm open to whatever might happen and trusting. Okay. Honestly, I did really trust my care team too, as to like what might happen during my labor, like that uh-huh. things would be discussed with me as a, when it was appropriate and that I would trust them to bring up things sure. as needed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, did you eventually have the discussion with them about your birth plan? I did. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and luckily it, it was good. And luckily it was the midwife. Um, so it would be okay. the midwife or the OB would see you at uh-huh. your appointments. And just that day that I brought it with me, it was the midwife and she did great, you know, discussing it with me. So no, it did go, it did go well. Gotcha. 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 And then was there anything that you were scared about going into birth? So, you know, and you hear like, you'll know what a contraction is when you feel it. You'll know uh-huh. when you're in labor. Right, right. I was just like, will I, I don't, I don't know. Cause I've never right. been through it. And we live 45 minutes away, um, mm-hmm. from a hospital. So I was nervous about that, about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe having a very quick labor. <laughs> um, right. So uh, that, and then just that something would either happen to the baby or me. And that's why I was like, I'm really going to trust my care team to recommend interventions when appropriate, because my my baby's health and my health are what's most important. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So then what was your labor and birth like? Yes. So I'll start the day before. Uh-huh. So my due date was St. Patrick's Day, ah. which is me and my husband's anniversary as well. Oh my goodness. So everybody's like, you're not <laughs> going to have your baby that day. Right. Of course. So the day before, which was a Thursday, uh-huh. I was just like, I felt like I was leaking, 
uh, like amniotic fluid is maybe what I thought. Okay. Like right. no burst of water, nothing, but I just constantly felt like I was leaking. I'm like, I don't feel right. like this is pee. Right. So right. we called and they're like, just come in. We'll check you to see if it's amniotic fluid. So we went in Thursday, right around dinner time, I would say. And they checked it wasn't amniotic fluid. I think I was four centimeters. Okay. Yeah. So I had started to progress and I would think Uh I was like 70% effaced. Right. But no contractions. And I knew I wanted to, you know, labor at home as long as I could. Uh Uh-huh. So they checked me and they're like, go home, you know, and just, yeah, just go home. So I, I, I don't know. I kind of had a sense it was going to be soon. And so I was like, let's go, like, let's go get burgers. Like, I want to have a good meal. Nice, good meal. Right, right. (laughs) So we went and we got some burgers and headed home. And I went to bed that night. Just, you know, I felt like throughout the night I was starting to have contractions. Okay. But I was able to sleep through them. Like, I would wake up and be like, oh, that feels like something's happening. But I'm just going to go back to sleep. It's not keeping me awake. Sure. And then Friday morning, which was St. Patrick's Day, I woke up around seven o'clock and like right as I got out of bed to go walk down the hall to our bathroom, I knew like, I was like, Ooh, these are stronger. This is it. Right. Yeah. We're getting ready. So I remember walking out to the living room to tell my husband, like, this is it. Like these are labor contractions. And I remember him because the weeks leading up, I was kind of having Uh some Braxton Hicks Uh and I remember trying to explain them to him and he was just like, oh, okay. Like you could just tell he didn't get it. You know, like <laughs> what was going on? Like, he's like, are you in labor? I don't understand what you're telling me. Right. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> and so that morning I told him like, you know, this is it. This is go time. And I remember him just being like, okay, like I'll go take a shower. And I remember being like, like, it's like, Dude, let's, like I said, <laughs> let's have some urgency to our actions. <laughs> so I started to, um, started to time them. But they were very erratic. It was like 10 minutes, three Uh minutes, Uh four, five, seven. And so I had been texting my doula since that morning. She was actually like, I would say two hours away in postnatal. Our doulas will do a post-birth visit as well. So she was doing one of those. Right. And she was just like, just keep me updated. Like I can leave whenever and reschedule, you know, this visit. Right. And I told her, you know, like, these are very sporadic. They're not super consistent. And she's like, well, get into a position and just stay mm-hmm. in that position. Because I okay. had been getting up, doing the uh, ball, laying down on my side. And so I finally just laid down on my side. And then okay. they, they, I was timing them. And they were consistent at about like five to six minutes apart. Right, right. And, you know, I think my doula knowing I wanted to go pain-free, you know, she uh-huh. didn't seem as urgent about, uh-huh. you know, going anywhere. Right. My husband was on the phone with his sister and uh-huh. he's like, yeah, they're about five to six minutes apart. And right. I, I was becoming to the point where I couldn't really talk through them when they were happening. Mm-hmm. And, and to other people's credit that say it, like mm-hmm. I did know it was a labor contraction. Mm-hmm. Like you feel it coming, you get ready. It's really, <laughs> yes. really bad, but you know, yes. it's going to get better. Yeah. And his sister was like, you guys might want to go to the hospital. Like you guys might want to start getting ready. And so we called right. our, our, our practice and they were like, uh-huh. yeah, why don't you head in? And so we headed in and our doula uh-huh. was like, I'm leaving right now. I'll meet you right. guys at the hospital. 
So we probably left at like 1045, I would say, uh-huh. got to the hospital about 1130. And the drive to the hospital was kind of funny because I would go in and out of contractions. And my husband right. said it was the weirdest thing. He's like, you were fine. And then you would be like, I did some research on like breath work. And so I was uh-huh. like, I was doing like the audible low yeah. moaning through right. contractions. Right. And he's like, so you would go into that zone and be like gone. And then you would come back and be like, oh, that's a cool color of a vehicle. Like, <laughs> and he's, it, he's like, it was the weirdest thing. Right. Um, but then we got to the hospital and checked in uh-huh. and you know, like this is a hospital where they, they have labor and delivery and uh-huh. the, they directed us to go through the ER when we got there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my contractions were getting more intense uh-huh. and through the check-in process, I just looked at my husband, like, you have to tell her everything. I can't. Right. Like just, right. And right. I think it was, I think it was hard for them because I was there on my due date. So I think they thought we were there for an induction. Oh. I just remember like the check-in process taking too long. Right. And then, and of course, like I'm in labor. So of course I think that, but then they had to wheel me to labor and delivery, which is like on the complete other side of the hospital. Uh-huh. And, uh, as I mentioned, I have three dogs. I love dogs. And this poor girl that's wheeling me across to the other side of the hospital is trying to tell me about her dogs. And I'm just like, I, I can't be in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's just not happening right now. I, I felt so bad. <laughs> right. So we get to triage and another cool thing about my labor was my nurse and my uh-huh. doula were both pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So there was like three of us pregnant people. Right. <laughs> uh, so that was really cool. And honestly, yeah. like when they were encouraging me through my labor, I was like, uh-huh. I trust you guys. Like you guys are pregnant. Gotcha. You know, they had both gotcha. had, had babies before too. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. so that was nice, but throughout my triage, uh, she was checking me and I think I was, um, uh, I wasn't fully dilated, but I think it was like seven centimeters, hundred percent okay. face, but my water hadn't broken yet. Right. But she's like, I feel a bulging bag of waters is what right. she said. Right. And as she had me hooked up in triage, she's like, your contractions like a minute apart. She's like, I'm going to go buzz the doctor. Right. Like just so he knows are... you're here. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, and his office is in the hospital too. So okay. there it, and it was like, what time was that? Like 1145. Gotcha. Um, so he was there for his practice anyways and the midwife. And so we get into the room, they have a tub uh-huh. and I knew okay. I, I was like, I think I want to get in the tub. Uh-huh. So I get in the tub and about, and that kind of like, I felt better in the tub. My contractions mm-hmm. were still getting pretty consistent, but they were more manageable. Right. And my doula arrives at around 1245. Okay. And this is another reason why it was just amazing to have a doula because mm-hmm. we sort of rushed into the hospital and we didn't grab our bags right away. And so by the time the doula got there, my husband had time to go down, get the bags. Ah, uh, gotcha. And get our, our, we didn't bring in our birth wishes. <laughs> she, I'm like, why did we not grab that? So he gets that. And so I was never left alone, which I think was another fear was like, I don't, I've never been through birth. I don't really want to be by myself if something would happen. So my doula was always with me once she got there. And that allowed my husband to like go to the bathroom, get -hmm. our bags. Mm -hmm. Like I said, in between current attractions, I really was doing pretty fine. So like this was March madness season. So 
um, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the women were playing that day. And so mm-hmm. like, he's like, like, yeah, turn on the game. Like we'll, right. we'll, we'll be able to watch the game throughout right. actions. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So she, the doula gets there. She's like, okay, let's get out of the tub. Do you want to try walking the halls? Sounds great. Let's do it. I get up and I'm just like, af- after I got out of the bath, the contractions were just so intense, so close together. Okay. I remember her being like, you know, trying to encourage me to go walk out in the halls. I remember looking at her like, I can't. Right. Like, I am having contraction. Like, every step I take, I felt. Right. Uh, right. And she's like, well, let's just try bouncing on the ball. So we did that and okay. stood up and my water broke. Okay. Uh, and it was kind of funny because the nurse had just been in and she was like, let me know if her water breaks. She walks right. out of the room. And then your water breaks. My water broke. And I remember the first thing my doula said to me, she's like, all right, your contractions are going to get a little more intense. And I'm like, how are they going to get Yeah. More? Yeah. Oh. And she was right. They did. Um, and so I think I almost immediately went onto the hospital bed on my side. Okay. And uh, she did um, counter pressure on my hips. Mm-hmm. And she actually did that through like the whole rest of my labor until my baby was born. And that uh-huh. was so great. I really don't know how I would have got through contractions without that. Right. Um, right. Without asking for pain medication. Mm-hmm. So she gets there. I'm on the bed. I think my water broke at like 1.45-ish or something like okay. that. Right. And, um, you know, she's like, it's going to get intense. The nurse comes in. She checks me and she goes, you're complete. Okay. She's like, and then the one thing she said, and I think she tried to say it quietly, but I definitely heard it. She's like, don't let her push. No. And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) I I don't know if I could control that. Right. Right. Um, And so she's like, I'm going to go get the doctor. And so thankfully my doula, after she left, she was like, if you have to bear down, it's okay. Like, and that just made me feel so much better. Like Mm -hmm. that it's going to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And where was your husband during all this? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I see another amazing reason to have a doula because they just know what's going on. My husband would have been so lost without okay. somebody there to guide us. Because like I said, I started to progress very fast once we got there. Sure. And he just would have been like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I don't right. know. Like, and, and even though we did all these courses and everything, and uh-huh. he just doesn't do it every day like doulas do. Sure. Yeah. And the nurse yeah. had to keep leaving to like right. go get other nurses and go get right. the doctor. Right. So he, his spot ended up being in front of me. He was holding my hand. Okay. And I don't know how I didn't break a bone in his <laughs> hand. He, he put on, um, before all the craziness, he put on Enya radio. Uh-huh. And so we had some good ambiance going on. Right. Uh, but I think like at one point he was going to go change a song and I was like, no. Uh-huh. No, you're not you're leaving. Not you're yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, she checks me, she's like, you're complete. Uh-huh. And then I think it was at about one fifty that I started okay. pushing. Okay. Um, the doctor ca- had come in. So like just a few minutes after your water broke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like finally the doctor got in there and I remember like kind of being like, all right, get through this. Don't, uh, don't push yet. You know, like you got to wait a little bit because the doctor's not here. Right. And I didn't like, I was just so much in labor. I don't know if the doctor like announced when he came in the room, if anybody told me, but finally, so I, I think I heard him and I remember being like, Oh, okay. Thank God. Like I can like 
push if I need to. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember him saying like, all right, you just want to give some pushes. Like you're going to have a baby. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We can do this. Um, so I started pushing and it honestly felt like I only did a couple pushes. I know I did more than that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I started pushing at 150 and she was born at 211. Oh, well that that's like 20 minutes. <laughs> I, no, it was so fast, so fast. And uh, yeah, so it was super quick. If I wanted pain medication, you never would have been had able to. I never even mm-hmm. had the IV. They never even had time to give me an IV. Right. Right. Was, right. And so after she was born, and we didn't know the sex of the baby. Oh. And I really wanted a girl. That was a kind of uh-huh. another reason I was like, I'm not going to find out the the gender because I'll be happy no matter what. Right. But I really wanted a girl. Um, And so my husband just blurted it out after she was born. And it was the best moment of my life. I love it. I love it. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode. And I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So she did go straight to my chest after she was born. Okay, good. And I did tear. Okay. I had a deep second degree tear. Okay. And what, what else did they call it? Where it tore up? Maybe like in the vagina or in the labia or? Maybe in the labia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I remember them saying whatever the medical term was for it. And my doula member, I remember her looking like, I've never heard of that. Right. <laughs> but they, so they were giving me shots like of Pitocin. To numb it up. And, and, and then also I was getting shots down there mm-hmm. uh, to get numb. Uh, Cause he mm-hmm. was like, you could, t- I could hear some urgency in his voice with like getting me shots and stuff uh-huh. for the nurses. Sure. Because I think the the baby nurse had gotten to the room like very close to her actually being born. Right. Right. So she went to my chest right away, but then they did take her and bless the the nurse that the baby nurse because she was like, oh, she's she's a happy, healthy baby, but her her oxygen levels just aren't what they I want them to be. So, mm-hmm. and my husband said they took her and like they were suctioning things out of her yeah. her mouth, but uh-huh. she was just so calm and reassuring. 
because that was one of my fears. Something would be wrong with her. Sure. But just the way she handled it just Uh made me feel at ease. And it was, she wasn't gone, but a few minutes. And then she came back and we right away started, um, you know, trying to latch and she latched Uh pretty easily. Um, Yeah. And we had a baby and then I think the Iowa Hawkeyes hadn't even started playing yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Well, let me ask when you pushed, were you like, did they have you get on your back and push or were you on your side or how did that work for pushing in for the birth? I think I remember them like maybe encouraging me to try to go on my back, but I was like, no, like I feel comfortable on my side. Uh Uh And so they let me stay on my side and I pushed on my side and she was born, uh, me laying on my side. Okay, good, 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 good. And then how, how difficult was the repair part when he was sewing things up? Yeah. So if my daughter had to have been like, my daughter was on my chest for most of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So like our doula was taking pictures and Mm -hmm. I can't say I, it wasn't it wasn't like painful, but it was like discomforting because I could sure. feel tugging. And I remember too, okay. he had to push on my stomach, I think, to help my placenta uh-huh. uh, get out. It wasn't like just super going on its own. Right. And, and But I remember like I had my baby. Yeah. And so I was just like, I know there's all this other stuff going on. Right, I could but... definitely feel, I don't, I don't remember the shots being like super painful. Okay. I remember feeling them. But then it, it did get completely numb. And then I just felt like the discomfort kind of down there, the, the gotcha. pulling. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then how long did you stay in the hospital? So we were only in the hospital for 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. We had the baby super quick and then mm-hmm. uh, we were there that night. And then there's some tests that they want you to stay uh-huh. 24 uh-huh. hours. So I think it was like 10 o'clock. The doctor was doing his rotations the next day. Right. And he was like, I was doing good. Baby was uh-huh. doing good. He's like, you guys want to go home today? And this is also Friday. So like staying would have been a Saturday. Um, And I mean, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but the hospital beds were, or the the bed that was provided to my husband was horrible. Mm. Yeah. I'm just like, please let us go home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, and just to get into your home environment. And And just feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was doing fine. Our baby was doing fine. So yeah, I think by like, three o'clock the next day, Mm -hmm. we were checking out and going home. Nice. 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 So then what was the postpartum period like for you? It was pretty good. The, uh, first night though, I Mm -hmm. remember putting her in the bassinet next to me in bed and being like, I can't go to sleep. I'm like, just so nervous that something's going to happen to her while I'm Mm -hmm. sleeping, even though she's right next to me. Yeah. And thankfully my mom was here. Um, okay we have three dogs, as I mentioned. So she came right right away to take care of the dogs. And she was like, I'll stay however long you want me to stay. Right. (laughs) And thank God she was there that night because I, I went out to her and I was like, I need to sleep. Can you, can you watch her? Because I, I can't sleep. And she's like, yes, like go to bed. Right. (laughs) She like binge watched the show on HBO. Grandma was ready. So ready. (laughs) So that was helpful. And then I, I did do placenta encapsulation. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So the doula team that we worked with, uh, one of the ladies also does placenta encapsulation. 
Uh-huh. Um, and so I did take that throughout my pregnancy or throughout my postpartum. Okay. How did the hospital react to you deciding that you wanted to keep the placenta? Yeah. So that was something that I, I was, again, kind of nervous to bring up. Um, uh-huh. But they were just like, yep, sounds good. We'll just, uh, they kept saying, like, just make sure the team that day when you, you know, are giving birth knows that you want right. to take it. And okay. then the doula came with her cooler and everything. But uh-huh. She was going to uh-huh. take it. Okay. Okay. And it was really interesting too. The doula said that normally placentas would make like 80 capsules and uh-huh. or 90 and mine made 180. My placenta oh, was like double the size. You had a huge size. placenta. Yeah. was like double the size of placenta she normally <laughs> Okay. So, I don't know. I had plenty of placenta pills. <laughs> okay. How long did you take those? I only took them for like a month. Mm-hmm. I felt like after that period, I was kind of getting into more of a routine. And honestly, sure. I just didn't love the taste. Of okay. That. There, okay. It did okay. have a very, you know, just like when you take like fish oil pills, there's that uh-huh. little back, you know, taste. And so I was like, I feel like I've gotten over the hump of like the really hard mental sure. part of it. Sure. And so I, I just did a month, although I had pills that could have lasted me longer. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what made you decide to do placenta encapsulation? Yeah. So I, you know, through reading books and everything, I was like, there's no there's really no data to suggest that it, it uh, super helps in any way. There's not been a lot of scientific trials or anything, mm-hmm. but there's no really downside. So I was like, right. if there's something I could do that could potentially help mm-hmm. me, right. I'm going to try. And I didn't have anything during um, pregnancy. Yeah, you that, didn't have any infection yeah. or meconium or GBS or anything. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. let's do yeah. it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. And then how was breastfeeding? It was pretty good. Honestly, at the beginning, it was good. Uh I did have to go to back back to work around eight weeks and I started pumping and my letdown just became too fast. So she would like choke because it was just, yeah. And so I had to go to exclusively pumping and bottles, um, which I didn't love. I I really did enjoy the actual breastfeeding part of it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't love pumping, Mm -hmm. but I had to go back to work and I wanted to give her breast yeah. milk. So that's yeah. what, what we did. America has such terrible parental leave. So. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yes. It's just embarrassing. Yes. Like, you know, yes. <laughs> and then did, did your doula come to see you at home? Yeah. So I think like two or three weeks after they okay. came and did a, a visit post-birth and, uh-huh. and then we auctioned. So that was with, the doula that, um, uh-huh. the doula that was at our birth was sick. And so the other doula uh-huh. came for that visit. Okay. You know, everything was going good, answering questions. We kind of troubleshooted a little bit on my breastfeeding issues and stuff like that. Uh, and then actually through the package we got with our doulas, we had, uh, what do they call it? Uh, post-birth, uh, like where the doula would come and basically do whatever you needed, like cook- uh-huh. cooking, cleaning, just watching the baby while you slept. Right. And right. so that was the doula that was at her birth for that visit. Uh-huh. Um, and she came and she made some like energy balls and uh, she watched my baby while I took a nap, which honestly was right. just like, it sounds so simple, but, it, but it's, it's huge. It made the biggest yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I guess last question, what about your physical healing? Like, did you, do you feel like you healed up well physically? Yes, I do. Um, it, it To me, again, it's so bizarre that we don't have a visit until six weeks. Mm-hmm. I 
I had some tearing. And so mm-hmm. luckily I was able to, I think a friend or somebody told me like, really do your baths, like do three baths a day. And I think that right. helped. Yeah. Um, yeah. but then it's like, you have a baby and you're supposed to sit and breastfeed for a lot yeah. of the time. That's a lot. Yes. So yes. we, we didn't have a lazy boy or like a good recliner before the baby uh-huh. came. And I think it was like a week or two after she was born. Right. We went and got one. Okay. We're like, <laughs> uh, like we're, we need something. We're yes. in this all the time feeding her. Yes. <laughs> so, but physically just recovering from the tear, which I, I recovered great. Okay. And then, yeah, I, I don't feel like I had any issues really recovering physically. Okay, good, good. So then how do you feel overall about your pregnancy and birth experience? Yeah, I, my birth experience went way different than I thought. Uh, uh-huh. I was mentally preparing for a long labor. It went uh-huh. super fast but I really am satisfied with it. And I attribute a lot of that to the education I did while I was pregnant and hiring a doula. Mm-hmm. So the pregnancy part wasn't great, uh, yeah. but the end result uh, was amazing. So yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So then as we wrap up, what is your one favorite piece of advice that you would give to someone who's having a baby? Yeah. So I, as much education as you can do, that's just super beneficial because you might not have a care team that is maybe supportive of some issues you're going through. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, the more education you could do before you're pregnant, because if you have HD or something that's so debilitating, it's so hard right. to advocate for yourself when you're going through it. And I did not have the energy to do the research on yeah. what other options I might, might've had. Right. And then if you have the resources to get a doula, I 100% recommend that. I do. And unfortunately it's, yeah. it's if you have the resources, but if you do look into it and yeah, it, it was worth yeah. every, every penny for us and we will definitely nice. be hiring them again. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Oh, where can women connect with you? You can say nowhere if you're not on social media or <laughs> it's up to you. So I'm on Instagram, uh, at Mary Rose Shelley, S H E L L E Y. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story. I'm so glad that everything went well and I know folks are going to love it and learn a lot from your experience. So thank you. Thank you so much. Wasn't that a great birth story? So many important nuggets of information in that conversation. I'm so grateful Mary Rose shared her story with us today. Now, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top takeaways from the conversation. Here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Mary Rose, and there are lots of them. Number one, it's okay if you don't enjoy being pregnant. She felt guilty about wanting the pregnancy to be over so her hyperemesis could end. That is actually a very normal and natural response to something that's taking over your body and wreaking havoc on your life. So don't feel guilty if you don't enjoy being pregnant. I personally did not particularly enjoy being pregnant. The only thing I enjoyed was feeling the kicks and the movement. Other than that, I just felt enormous and my butt was huge, you know, And people would always comment, are you having twins and stupid stuff like that? So I just didn't particularly enjoy being pregnant. Does it mean at all that you don't absolutely love your children with everything you have in you? Of course we do, but it's okay if you don't enjoy being pregnant. You still love your children. You're not a bad mom. You are not abnormal. In fact, it is quite normal. Okay. 
Number two, know what you're getting into and prepare accordingly. Mary Rose knew that the doctor that she chose didn't necessarily have a great bedside manner. And she prepared for that. She was ready with information and ready to advocate for herself. This can be especially important when you have limited options. All right. She was in a small town in Iowa, not necessarily a ton of options available. So when you don't have a lot of options available to you, then you really, really, really need to prepare yourself accordingly. And being in areas where you have limited options, there may also be limited options for childbirth education. That is why the birth preparation course is a great option. It's my online childbirth education class, and it's great for you and your partner to do childbirth education together, like Mary Rose and her husband did. Again, you can check out the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. Okay, the next thing I want to say is ask questions about things like placenta encapsulation. She ended up doing placenta encapsulation and she did it going into it informed. Inside the birth preparation course, I actually have a whole lesson on placenta encapsulation and questions you can ask if that's something that you're interested in so you can make sure it's done in a safe way. So if you're thinking about something like that, then definitely go into it, having done a bit of research, asking questions so you know that it's done safely. And then the final thing I wanna say is do it scared. And what I mean by that is that Mary Rose expressed hesitancy about asking questions, but she asked anyway. And that's so, so important. Sometimes it can be challenging, especially with the power differential that tends to favor doctors over patients. It can be challenging to ask questions of quote unquote authority. Plus we exist in a society and a world where women are often, you know, looked at as being too aggressive or forward if they ask questions or People have this notion that really, why are you asking questions? You just need to be happy that your baby's healthy. Like, or like I'm the doctor may say, I'm going to worry about, you don't need to worry about that. I'm going to worry about that. That's my job. That kind of thing. No, no, no. You have the right to ask questions and you should. So you can feel informed and empowered about everything that's going on in your pregnancy and birth. It is you, your pregnancy, your birth. That doctor is going to go home at the end of the day. You're still going to be pregnant. So Even if you're scared for whatever reason, whether it's socialized to do so, that power differential, whatever the reason is, even if you're scared, ask those questions while you're scared. It is so, so important. And you deserve to have an informed and empowered birth experience. Okay, so there you have it for this episode. Do me a favor, do a couple things. Number one, can you share this episode with someone who you know? that may find it beneficial, whether it's another pregnant friend, someone who's thinking about getting pregnant, a childbirth educator, a doula, share this episode and be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you leave a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, that helps the show to grow. I love to hear what you think about the show. And you can also let me know what you think on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. You can follow me there for great information as well. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.